This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Hey, listen, we talk about the good. Let's talk about the bad here. First of all, there was how weird was it? There was a lot, a lot of stars that absolutely struggled here in Championship Week for fantasy. But Justin Jefferson was one of the one of the worst, one of the most egregious underperformers here for week 17 one catch on five targets for 15 yards i'll ask you this matt what in the hell happened there in minnesota yeah so i mean a lot went on um there there, there's a lot that goes into this game anytime here's the deal anytime a receiver gets uh shut down like this you know Uh there's a lot of factors at play here um it is never just what, we we want to like make this a mono mono thing, you know. I mean, even, I mean, J- <laughs> listen, Jair Alexander sounds like he wants to make it a mono mono thing, right? Uh, t- right. Talking his, which by the way, hey, Jair, talk your shit. You know, you you yeah, earned absolutely. it. You, yes. You know, Aaron Rodgers said too, like if you're going to talk like that, you better back it up with your play, and he absolutely backed it up with his play. You know, so so he deserves to go and uh, talk and and make himself uh, uh you know put himself out there. He he 100 deserves that. You you grittied over the guy early early in the game too, and everybody's like, I know, oh oh, don't do that, like because then he's gonna. That. But I mean, uh, it, it also it is back. It's it a up. wide receiver thing that when this happens, it's also a quarterback thing. So there's a lot to and there's a coaching staff failure too when something like this happens. Um, focusing on what Green Bay did specifically, um, you could see in this game. There was a lot of way, there was a lot of different ways, um, and especially when you go back and look at the film today, there's a lot of different ways uh, that Green Bay decided to attack uh, here. You know, they we've seen teams do this with Justin Jefferson before, um, where you get the cornerback up there and you just just press the shit out of him, like you go real hard to. Re- and teams have done this with the Dolphins receivers as well. It's not like okay. Justin Jefferson has a problem with press coverage or, or, you know, with the Dolphins example, those guys have problems with press coverage. What are we talking about though? We're talking about disrupting the timing of the play. And though Green Bay did for um, several times, it wasn't, they did at different times, they had safety help over the top of Justin Jefferson, but they also had, you know, and, and this is great too, because the Vikings are pretty good about getting, um, you know, Justin Jefferson, not into the Cooper cup role, but into like advantageous positions. Like they'll move him right. from the flanker, move him closer to the, to the, to the offensive line. They'll even put him in the slot sometimes too. And when they did that, the, the, the Packers would have Jair Alexander 
like play outside leverage, play press coverage with outside leverage uh, on Jefferson, but then they have the safety like kind of bracketing him and playing the inside leverage there. So if he's got an inbreaker, the safety cuts it off. If he you know takes to the outside, Jairo's on a pretty good uh, position there. So a lot of really fun ways, um, and and then obviously some cloud stuff in zone coverage too. So they had a really great game plan to sit there and say. 18 is not going to go crazy on us. Like that's, what's not going to happen. We might give up some stuff here and there, but 18 is not going to go crazy on us. And this is the problem. The the reason why that's a great way to attack it. And why I think this is a problem for the Vikings is that you can't, you can't just completely go into the crapper when one guy, when they're dedicating (laughs) this many resources to one guy, but this is the thing with the Vikings all year, like from an efficiency standpoint, for the most part, they've been, a slightly above average or even average offense at different parts of the year because they don't have anything else. Like we, they have these guys with names and, and TJ Hawkinson at times has stepped up. He didn't have a, he ended up with seven catches in this game, but I wouldn't say this was one of his best games. He's actually weirdly like left plays on the field with drops and stuff at different times. But um, mm-hmm. he has at different times been their solution to like, okay, they man coverage up on us. Like, we're going to we're going to go ahead and we're going to get TJ Hawkinson involved here against a linebacker safety something like that and that didn't really happen in this game uh because they were playing so much of that zone coverage and then just their other receivers don't win enough Kirk goes into Kirk goes into his head I think that's a big problem too cuz that's that's the thing James as well last point on this is like I get it the coverage looks are not advantageous and then when Jefferson's route and timing is disrupted you know, then the pressure takes, it's that much closer to pressure coming on cousins. And when he's pressured, right. we know he goes haywire, but you can't leave a game where you lose by this big of a deficit. What is it? 40, 41, 17. And it wasn't even really that close. Oh, no, no. Yeah. <clears throat> you can't leave a game where you have this big of a deficit and throw to your best player five times. Like that's also on the coaching staff to like get Jefferson a screen, get him a, like when the times when they do play off coverage, get him a quick slant, a drag route, something like that just to get these guys into rhythm. Cause that is, it, it, it's definitely a full on team based failure uh, because when Jefferson doesn't go crate, when he doesn't go into like elite mode, this offense just unfortunately doesn't have a lot of other answers and they can't run the, they can't run the ball either, which is a little astounding. Just absolutely head scratching. When you think about, okay, you've got Dalvin cook out here going up against a green Bay running defense that absolutely cannot stop the run. Um, and, and wake me up uh, if, if you heard this one before, but green Bay sucks at stopping the run. Yeah. Uh, that's been like the, I mean, it's like, it goes back to Mike McCarthy teams. They can't stop the run for whatever reason. Why can't they figure out how to stop the damn run? I don't understand. Uh, I thought Dalvin cook was going to have a huge game, uh, advantageous, uh, matchup for Dalvin cook in this one. Um, can I give you some coverage statistics actually in this yeah, ball game? Cause I was very, very, um, interested uh, and how maybe Green Bay was going to change up what they did uh, here in week 17 versus all the way back in week number one. Oh, but God, in, yeah. yeah, in week number one, and and by the way, Green Bay definitely, definitely came in with a hyper-specific game plan. Uh, because in this, in this ball game, they went cover two more than I think they've ever gone cover two at any point in the season. So this is a, a, in, in week number one, they went primarily cover three and cover four. Um, and I don't want to get into too many of the, the specifics of it, but there's a lot of single high safeties in these coverages in, you know, in cover three, especially. Right. So 
uh, in this particular one, they went split safety. So two eye safeties, 73% of the time. Um, and that's a pretty large number. So I, I think in this particular game, they're like, Hey, listen, uh, you talk about the cloud coverages or whatever it might be. They're using that with the split safeties up top. That's not what they did in week number one, right? They try to go single high and, uh, you know, bottom line is it's funny when some of these cornerbacks, you know, get all rah, rah and hyped up and everything. And then you look at the numbers and it's like, oh, they played zone coverage 86% of the time. It's like, how many, Jair, how many times were you manned up with, with Justin Jefferson, dude? Like, you know, like, come on, it's, it's zone coverage 86% of the time. Uh, for Green Bay right now. So uh, they used a lot of zone coverage, obviously. They did that in week one as well. But cover three versus now mm, uh, a lot of cover two and split high safeties and doing a lot more of that. Um, I'll say this. In week number one, they went, uh, I looked this up on, this is according to Next Gen Stats, but uh, they went to cover two 0% of the time. Mm. 0%. Um, and so in this one, they went up to about 12% cover two, but uh, all, all, threw in a lot of cover six looks uh, looks and cover four looks and basically went split high, uh, split safeties on 75% of their defensive snaps. So they did significantly alter the way they approached this game with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, no, it was, uh, and I totally get it too, because uh, Jair Alexander was very critical of the team's game plan in week one. Remember after, mm -hmm. after yeah. Jefferson went, insane in that game he even said like yeah i wanted to i wanted to track him around the field and to his credit you know he did even if he's not 100 percent man coverage like he was moving around with him uh you know and was a part of that coverage plan um yeah no matter what like you know with man coverage zone coverage he was a huge part of of, of getting the jam on him early and, and being a big part of why this why this one catch performance happened um you know, he was very critical about not being allowed to do that early uh, on in the first game of the season. And, you know, he even then, of course, said like it was a fluke. Uh, and then he, you know, obviously, <laughs> for this game and, and he backed up the talk. That's all that matters. Like you I can know. talk all you want uh, and then you back it up, which is great to see. So I I, I think it was really encouraging. On, you know, obviously, so it's super discouraging for Minnesota, but very encouraging for Green Bay because I D don't think that Barry Joe Barry's been a great defensive coordinator for them. I think no. that they have struggled to come up with specific game plans like this. Oh yeah, I think they've struggled to, despite all the talent, all the resources they've thrown into this defense. But they're over the the results have been great over the last uh, month or so, the month plus, and the schedule has been part of that. You know, they played the Baker Mayfield L.A. Rams, they played the Bears, um, stuff like that. The Vikings are, you know, a very mercurial offense as well, despite being a, right. a good team with a good record, but. Right. You know, at the end of the day, um, I think they've they've really turned this defense around here of late and, and putting a performance like that on um, on film is, is just a good resume booster for Green Bay as they you know look likely to make the playoffs. We'll see what happens. Obviously, next week they control their own destiny, but um, there's a good chance we see this matchup again. You know, there, there's definitely a, a non zero percent chance we see this matchup again. And, and I can't wait to see how um, how part three goes. <laughs> Minnesota uh, just absolutely bombed against Green Bay. And then now the NFL gifting Green Bay with a very advantageous uh, scheduling change. By the way, they, the NFL changed their schedule to make this game happen, which is very interesting. We're talking about the Lions uh, needing to beat Green Bay to keep Seattle in it. So, um, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. And certainly all the tinfoil guys 
uh, are out there talking about the conspiracy theory of it all. But I, I will say, oh, regardless, I mean, come on, it the whole the whole week eighteen schedule is always up in the air because they they want to know the playoff scenario so that NBC right. doesn't get some you know dog. Uh, and this <laughs> this one was tough. I, I, that's why I was I was surprised that the the Titans Jags game was the one that got moved to Saturday because it's the right. one that you can sit there and say like it's a win we know for sure it's a win and in yeah like i didn't understand once that got taken off the board it's like why would you because then it's it's the which i guess maybe this leans to the conspiracy but i'm not i'm not going down the conspiracy conspiracy theory pro aaron Rodgers thing but like once (laughs) once you leave that once you take that game off the table none of the others is like pure um both teams winning in like both teams go home because yeah the lions day could certainly be over by the time i get but i don't know i still again i still maintain that the lions will go uh all out to to um to to, to win that game but last last thing on the on the um justin jefferson side of this yeah at the at the end of the day you know, if a wide, like I said, it's, if a wide receiver gets shut down like this, it is not, and I'm not just here, you know, caping up for big receiver. Okay. But like, you've got to have, it, it's a full <laughs> team receiver. failure when stuff like this happens, yeah. you know, like a one, a one catch performance and you lose the game like this. It's one thing. Cause early in the year, so much was made about that. Um, Justin Jefferson performance against the lions when they, you know, really, they, they were one of the first teams that really dedicated a game plan to shutting down Justin Jefferson. Well, they still won the game. Okay. You know, so yeah. it's like, whatever. Right. But when you get blown out like this and your best players held to one catch, there's a lot of failures that need that, that need to be criticized. And obviously I think I'm, I'm always going to bring it back to, to cousins and that when, when things aren't cleanly laid out for him, you know, he's, he, he can go into, into haywire mode very, very quickly. Um, and I like a lot of the coaching. I, I think I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Kevin O'Connell and you know the offensive side of the ball here for what they've done this year. But I I, I think this is this was a, a failure there to not adjust at some point during the during the game. No, I think that's right, uh, and that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, so you're right. It, it was definitely a a, a system wide failure uh, of that. There is no doubt. Okay, so now this um, the San Francisco Las Vegas game. We went into it, and everyone went into it, thinking that this was going to be an absolute blowout. I mean, as a matter of fact, uh, Vegas had this game as a, a double-digit favorite for San Francisco. We were talking about Jared Stidham. We were jokingly, before the games kicked off, we're calling him Jared Stidham. Um, and afterwards, now it's like Jared Stardom, man. Like, the guy just went absolutely crazy. This is a guy that... Um, you know, we, we, we left for dead. You know, the guy played in new England was so bad uh, when he was playing the Tom Brady, as you mentioned uh, in, in last week's episode had to come back into a blowout game because that's how bad Jarrett Stidham was. But my goodness, the guy came and he played amazing football against San Francisco. This was, this was a pretty good performance uh, by Las Vegas and one that was completely unexpected. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Very unexpected. Uh, Jarrett Stidham led all quarterbacks in yards per attempt uh, on Sunday. He was third in EPA per dropback among all quarterbacks wow. on Sunday in week 17. Just a hell of a performance. And I think it's said a couple of different things here. Um, one, yeah, I mean, you got to give some credit to Jarrett Stidham because, you know, it wasn't just like, all right, I'm going to get the little, little, little cookie cutter stuff, like the you know, mm-hmm. little, sl- little, little slants and screens and all this stuff. Like he was really out there, you know, slinging it. Like I said, the, the downfield numbers were, you know, they they are what they are. 10.12 air yards per attempt for Jared Stidham. He was slinging it downfield. <laughs> wow. I, I, wow. I know. I know. That's just – that's just cra- – it was crazy. And I think – um. I think another thing too, what what I did not expect from Jarrett Stidham, and I don't look, I I, I apologize number one um, for all the all the stuff I said about Jarrett Stidham. I give got to give the guy a lot of credit. I mean, I was definitely bagging on him, just like everybody was bagging on him, hundred uh, percent for what was going on here. But the I, I was like, you know, the meme like I was not familiar with your game or something like that. I didn't know that Jarrett <laughs> Stidham like could make the plays on the move that he was making. That was what right. was interesting to me. Right. Uh, right according right. to, to PFF five of seven on throws outside the pocket, which isn't a perfect representation of what I'm talking about, like making plays on the move and getting out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So just keep that in mind, but still five of seven, uh, on plays outside of the pocket for 120 yards and two touchdowns against the San Francisco 49ers. Like those were some big plays. And and like I said, the ability to evade pressure, get on the move, fling the ball downfield. That was, I mean, just a hats off hell of a performance for Jared Stidham. I don't think, I don't think that Jared Stidham will be the Raiders long-term quarterback. Uh, you know, I think that um, they will probably do something else this off season, but what it also <laughs> revealed, the second thing that it revealed right. was this is a good ecosystem, man. And I know it hasn't happened with Derek Carr this Ooh, year. I, I yeah. think there is a I think there is a lot of problems. Um, obviously, they haven't been healthy all year. We've talked about that with Darren Waller, with Hunter Renfro. The right. offensive line isn't perfect. Derek Carr is deaf. Derek Carr is exactly what we just talked about with Kirk Cousins, where a guy that once you get pressure on him, I mean, Joey Bosa even said this. Uh, I think it was earlier this year. Maybe it was last yeah. year. Like we know that mm-hmm. Derek Carr, once you heat him up, like he can he can go in the tank. And I mean, definitely behind a bad offensive line, he gets to that checkdown so fast. He gets that checkdown so quickly. And Stidham did not. Stidham, like we, like we just said, evaded the pressure and took advantage of guys that are matchup problems. Devonte Adams is a a walking matchup problem. He's the best receiver in football. <laughs> Darren Waller, you know, averages 24 yards right. per catch in this game. Um, he's a, he's a matchup problem. So it just revealed that this is going to be, I know there are obviously problems with Ra- the Raiders, you know, Josh McDaniels, they, they still blow another lead here, right? Like they had, the, they could have won this game and they didn't win the game. Um, there it's not, it's, there are questions about the Raiders overall, but there's a reason that I think in the off season, when they go recruiting for quarterbacks, and I think they will try to recruit a veteran quarterback, whether it's Brady, whether it's um, Garoppolo, you know, w- whatever. There's a reason that teams should be like a quarterback should be excited to land here. Yeah, it's a, it, I think that's such a great point that you make and not one that I actually thought about was the fact that Jarrett Stidham, of all people, is sitting back there uh, and slinging it. I mean, that first touchdown pass to Darren Waller, that's when you knew. There was a little something different in the air, right? Like he throws it down there. What is it? 24 yard touchdown pass to Darren Waller in traffic too. I mean, that's when you knew, okay, Stidham's playing 
with his hair down. You know, like yeah. this is a guy that's not messing around today. He's not, he was not coming in to be captain check down. You know what I mean? Like he was going to come out and live by the sword, die by the sword. And like, I tell you what, he was swinging that big thing. He was around. living baby. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's like, Hey, uh, and I'll tell you what, like, uh, you know, the other thing about it too, it's like, you knew, you know, Stidham's girl knew she was going to be on camera too, man. Like she brought the oh, girls yeah. out. They were just, that looked like, that looked like a club upstairs. I'm like, what is going on? It looks like hot. It looks like a, a, a hot Las Vegas club going down up yeah. there with Stidham's girl up there, man. And you know what? Good for them. Because I tell you, Stidham played great. Um, and obviously, uh, the, you know, his, his gal came prepared as well and they were rocking it. So that's all good. It was a great look all around. Uh, for yo, Las Vegas. Yo, this but, is, and this is not yeah. some little uh, some pissant defense, right? This is the 49ers. No. This yeah. is the best defense in football. They have they have swallowed up, you know, stuffed in lockers. Uh, you know, they have kicked the shit out of offenses all year long. And right. for Stidham to do what he did, it's just, I mean, it's so impressive. And it, it's its very cool to see. It's always cool to see when some guy like that's totally, um, and I, I still think Derek Carr probably getting a raw deal for a, a couple of different reasons or whatever, 100%. but they still clearly thought like, you know what? Carr is leaving, is leaving meat on the bone. And I think it's obviously it was fair to say it going into this game. And it's definitely fair to say it coming out of this game that, that, that meat on the bone uh, was there. And then your boy, Jarrett Stidham brought himself, brought his girls and, and, and they, they ate that meat up, man. They ate it up. hundred percent. hundred percent. Hey, you know, can I, can I say this too about Derek Carr? Um, and I, and I was pretty vocal, um, as well, um, on my direct TV show about how I just felt like, you know, Carr got shafted, you know, make, makes that team friendly deal, you know, to get Renfro and Waller signed and everything. And, and then, you know, Las Vegas turns around and cuts him. That sucks. Okay. Now that being said, um, I've also been on record saying that he, ever since he broke his leg, he's just not been the same guy in terms mm. of courage in the pocket. Um, I just, he's especially that first year back after he broke his leg, very skittish, I would say yeah. in the pocket. And I think that skittishness, I don't even know if that's a word, but him being skittish in the pocket, uh, I think that has been a big time issue for Derek Carr. I thought he got rid of it last year because I thought yeah, last year he did a pretty good job of hanging in there, hanging in there, hanging in there and absorbing some big hits. Um, but maybe it just maybe that kind of masked the problem. I don't know, because, again, with what Stidham did against this San Francisco you know, defense, letting his guys work downfield a little bit, I, it just was night and day compared to what we've seen with some of the check down stuff that we've seen with Derek Carr. Uh, yeah, it, it's definitely an issue. And I mean, even last year too, when you just look at like uh, his numbers under pressure, uh, Derek Carr, you know, right. it, it was, it's, it's still better. Right. I mean, from a, from a, from an efficiency standpoint than probably we've seen before, but still 62.5% or excuse me, 62.5 passer rating under pressure last year. That's regular season and postseason, uh, and one of 3.9, uh, when kept clean, like there's just a difference. And so much of it, uh, comes back to, you know, what is he going to do from, um, from a depth of throw perspective, uh, last year right. though, he did, he did push it like 10.2, uh, average depth of target, 
uh, when he was under pressure. So like, that's a big difference um, than what we've seen previously, which it, the, the hits mount up, the pressure mounts up. And I think it's a confidence level too. Like what is your confidence level in the offensive mm-hmm. line that's in front of you? I think it's probably fair to say that on paper Carr was not confident in the group that was in front of him. And that can, you know, we're all, we're all humans, man. I mean, even quarterbacks yeah. are humans. Like, you know, that if it's like a, what was like, if you analogies, like, or if you have a deck, you, 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 and you've got, you know, there's a, you know, there's like a, 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 a rotted one, one rotted plank in the wood, your wooded deck outside. What are you going to do? Every time somebody comes over, you're going to say, Hey, watch out for that one plank. Like you don't want to, you don't want <laughs> right, to step on that, in yeah. that. Right. You don't want to mess that. You don't want to mess yourself. Watch that fifth step. When you go up the stairs, it's a little yeah, creaky. Right. Um, right. It's in the back of your mind. Every time you go on the deck, it's in the back of your mind. Every time you walk sure. up the stairs and you tell people about it. So like, same thing, every time Derek Carr goes on the field here, if the line's not great, he's going to have that in the back of his head. And so he's going to get rid of the ball faster. It's going to be an issue that just compounds itself over and over and over again. Same thing we talked about with Tom Brady. That's why, like, hey, when we talk about Brady to the Raiders, he better also be somehow recruiting some linemen to come with him because, huh. uh, or right. else he's going to be getting the ball out too fast. So, hey, look, these quarterbacks don't want to get hit. I wouldn't want to get hit, so I get it. Devontae Adams, 11 targets, 7 receptions, 153, 2 touchdowns. Um, he was just uh, spectacular, man. I mean, that that one of those catches, um, his second touchdown catch was just a thing of beauty. I, like, how does he – how does he do this? <laughs> Being able to create a little bit of separation from the defender. Uh, it's like his upper body is disconnected from his lower body. Like, I don't I just it's incredible, man. His body control is awesome. Uh, yeah, he's still a special player. I mean, and it's been kind of cool to see him win in a, in a different way than he did in Green Bay last year. I mean, look, I, mm-hmm. I mean, no, I, I, I love Devontae Adams and uh, reception perception showed each of like the last four years that he's one of the two or three best receivers in pro football period. I mean, that he can period, you, you period. ask him to win it, run any route. He's going to win, ask him to face man coverage, press coverage, zone coverage. He's going to get open um, at a rate that really is almost unmatched by anybody else in, in the NFL. Right. I mean, he is, Still, to me, where like you're talking about best receiver in the NFL, you've got to start the list. Um, you got to you got to start the list or get to get to Devonte Adams second on the list. I think bare minimum, he's <laughs> one one of the one right. or two uh, in terms of re- ranking receivers right now. Um, right. All that said, like last year in Green Bay, it was so much of like Adams and Rogers kind of like chemistry. The like, all right, Rogers yep. just gonna, like find seventeen. I'm going to get it to him on like kind of these quick hitting routes like the get him you know in space quickly sort of just retriculate the offense that way but even with Derek Carr too but especially in this in this game against 49ers it was just like let's let's get it to Adams in like high degree of difficulty situations like high leverage moments as a pure outside receiver none of this like let's motion him into the slot let's get him a little screen or something like that it's like now nah, let's uh let's rip it like from a vertical standpoint with Devontae Adams that has been very cool to see yeah it's uh been very different obviously his catch rate uh has plummeted this year but again I think the difficulty of the routes that he's being asked to run uh, has certainly changed a lot as well. And obviously he's seen a little bit of a downgrade, a little bit. He's seen a significant downgrade uh, at the quarterback. One of the guys position. is getting benched. The other is uh, finding <laughs> right. a way to make it into the postseason here. Uh, with somehow, the- some way, somehow, hooker by crook. I cannot believe Aaron Rodgers is right there on the precipice of making the postseason after what was just an absolutely abysmal 
uh, first, I don't know, even like the first 12 games of the season, they look cooked. They look absolutely done. 